You're listening to the Psychedelic Invest Podcast, where we speak with founders, CEOs, investors, advisors, experts, and thought leaders in the brave new world of psychedelics and entheogenic medicines. Brought to you by Psychedelic Invest, bringing you unparalleled psychedelic investing data and analysis. Psychedelic Invest is the industry's leading resource for those looking to invest in the burgeoning psychedelic industry. For more information and to access all of the podcast episodes, check out our website at psychedelicinvest.com slash podcast. And now here's the host of the Psychedelic Invest podcast, Bruce Eckfeld. Welcome, everyone. This is the Psychedelic Invest podcast. I'm Bruce Eckfeld. I'm your host. Our guest today is Olivia Mannix. She is founder and chief executive officer at Felicity Pharma. We're going to talk about psychedelics. We're going to talk about drug development. And specifically, we're going to talk about how psychedelics can help uh, with chronic pain, with mood disorders. And we're going to focus on women and really kind of understanding where kind of women have been left out of the equation, really, in many kind of drug development and, and medical development programs and stuff, and really how that's impacting our understanding of these disorders and how women, what solutions women need and how psychedelics actually provide some really interesting opportunities for some of these situations. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the psychedelics industry and really where Felicity Pharma is positioned and where they're going. So with all that, Olivia, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me today, Bruce. It's a pleasure. Before we get into Felicity Pharma and everything you're doing today, let's get a little backstory. How did you get into drug development and medicine? How did you get into psychedelics? Tell us the story. Sure. So I started out, actually started one of the first ancillary cannabis companies back in 2013 before adult use went legal here in Colorado. That's like uh, 50 years in regular time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, yeah, exactly. Add 50 years on to my life. Um, so here in, in Denver, as you know, maybe some of the listeners are aware or not, Amendment 64 was, you know, a huge deal with adult use legalization passing. And I was running a boutique marketing PR agency at the time with my partner. And we decided to start or pivot actually fully into the cannabis sector. And this is, you know, 2013 Mm -hmm. before really any waves were made in, in the space. It was still very underground, still very taboo. You know, there are really no regulations, no legalities, just medical use was allowed. And we saw the need for branding, marketing, PR, within the space because a lot of brands and companies didn't have any foundational marketing. So we really cut our teeth in that space and sort of just, you know, said goodbye to real life because we were getting into the cannabis (laughs) space and we'd never get a real job ever again type of (laughs) mentality. Friends and family were, you know, some were totally for it. Others were Mm -hmm totally against it. So it was a huge learning curve. And then again, just being in the wild west and shaping an industry, advocating, legalizing, and just being part of that was really incredible. Getting into the psychedelic sector in around 2019, um, and that was really with the, the legalities of the decrim movements that were made. And then also just the, the, the trials and, and different things that were, that were advanced on the, on the medical end. 
So we we also helped companies in that regard. Um, and I actually got into women's health through a, a VC group. I was introduced to my my now partner, Dr. Gigi Koo, and we we got together and we decided to start this women's health company for psychedelic medicine, which is drug development. And there are really no other companies in the space doing this and really no women's health companies for mood disorders specifically. So we really saw the need and opportunity to just help a lot of people and get into the sector. Yeah. Fascinating. I'm, I'm curious, given the, your background in cannabis, what, what have you noticed, I guess, what in cannabis helped you prepare for psychedelics and what has been really different? I mean, just give us a little bit of compare and contrast in terms of these industries, given your experience in them. Absolutely. I guess the number one thing is really just being able to explain to people and educate other people that are always just so interested and just honestly have no idea how cannabis or psychedelics really work and how they interact with your body. So a lot of the times it's educating and informing you know, people about what we're doing. I really got into the, the, the cannabis space because of my my love for for cannabis and really under and really seeing the medicinal values. I believe, you know, cannabis can or medical marijuana is like sort of the the more known <laughs> term. Yeah. Um, it just has so many properties to help people with a lot of different ailments from chronic pain to cancer. You know, there's been studies that THC can can minimize or destruct cancer cells. And, and those types of things really attracted me, as well as that cannabis is a safer alternative to alcohol, in general, better for yeah. your, your body and your organs. Mm-hmm. So I was you know, a proponent of legalization and just getting behind it. The one thing downfall that I would say in the cannabis sector that I would not want to see in the psychedelic sector is just this... I guess like I want to say five years into the cannabis space, there was just a boom of so many brands, right? So you walk yeah. into a, a dispensary and there are hundreds of brands on the shelves and basically companies just really looking to get that market share yeah. that really don't have that ethical, you know, moralistic background in terms of what they're trying to, you know, have that educational pillar. It's more of just trying to make a buck which obviously we're in a capitalistic society, but at the end of the day, that's really not, you know, why I got into this space. So something that I'm much more attracted to in the psychedelic sector is the opportunity to actually create prescription drugs that are going to be FDA approved, prescribed by your doctor, and have just a lot more efficacy behind them, a lot more science, uh, measurability, et cetera, versus mm-hmm. just, oh, let's just buy an edible or something off the shelf and see if it works. Yeah. So I would, you know, and I also, I'm sort of on the fence in terms of um, having psilocybin or psychedelics be sold for recreational use yeah. as well. Because I just, again, don't want to see just this, you know, gre- uh, green rush, uh, gold rush, towards the sector of people just creating brands to make money. And because that's really not what it's about. It's about the medicine and it's about healing people. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I think, uh, you know, the, the adult use programs in cannabis have, you know, on one hand created a lot of access, which, you know, is good for people being able to kind of get 
access to the plant and to medicine, but that I think that has really kind of overshadowed some of the medical programs, which, uh, you know, have been super important for, for many populations. So yeah, I, I, it's interesting to see the psychedelic space and see where that's going to play out. And I mean, I don't, the sort of adult use or the recreational use doesn't seem to be quite as much as a factor yet, but yeah, I'll be curious to see how, how these, you know, how these industries kind of differ in terms of how they evolve and, and change. Let's talk about psychedelics a little bit, just so we can kind of ground or, or understand context here. I think cannabis is interesting because it's it's pretty clear. It's you know there's a plant. There's yes, there's a couple of cultivars and varieties and things you can play, but it's pretty much cannabis. Psychedelics we're dealing with plant medicine, animal medicine, lab based molecules and compounds. I mean, how do you kind of draw a box around psychedelics, and what's your where do you focus in terms of your development efforts? Sure. So really, with us. We're, we're working with a classic psychedelic. So one that correlates with the 5-2-A receptor. Mm-hmm. Psilocybin actually is, you know, a very classic psychedelic, probably yep. the, the one that you think of the most. And we've found that it can, and, and other studies also have found that it's really helped alleviate symptoms of depression, anxiety, binge eating, eating disorders, PTSD, uh, mm-hmm. et cetera, trauma. So we found that this can help with specifically women's hormonal mood disorders. Okay. Um, and that's really through basically going through the trials. So the first, our first trial is going to be a 10 patient trial where each patient is obviously vetted out. There's a whole set of standards that each patient has to go through in order to qualify. And they go through, you know, a pre-therapy, an actual PAT or PAP, so a psychoactive assisted therapy okay. or psychotherapy with the P. And they're taking 25 milligrams to start and going on a six to eight hour psychedelic experience with a therapist. Actually, there's going to be two therapists at a time just for, okay. for, for process. And they'll be able to really work through their issues with specifically premenstrual dysphoric disorder, PMDD. It is a, a major indication that affects up to 10% of women globally. There's been really little to no innovation in therapeutics for this. The only approved drugs on the market now SSRIs, so your classic um, antidepressants, your Zolofts, your Paxils, and then also Yaz, which is a birth control. So oftentimes, you know, these these drugs don't work or they have negative side effects such as sexual dysfunction. And a lot of times patients stop using them. So this is a very debilitating disease. And actually, unfortunately, 30% 30% of patients attempt suicide. So it's really a major thing for us to, to try and find solutions for. So basically back to the psychedelics, the psychedelics create neuroplasticity mm-hmm. in with your neurons in your brain. So basically when you're a child, you're, you're forming your, your brain and your neurons. And the psychedelics sort of put you back to that state and let your neurons regrow and rebind through neurogenesis so that you can reteach and recreate your neural pathways and basically be able to overcome your ailments. Um, So that's, you know, the key, the key way that we're, 
we're finding that this is going to work and we're, we're really looking forward to to these solutions. Yeah. And talk to me a little bit. I mean, I know, I know that the, um, you know, traditionally, you know, women have been excluded from a lot of clinical trials and kind of research work. And, you know, how is this kind of historic approach to medicine or kind of the the patterns or the sort of the structural elements of, of medical research and having excluded a lot of women from studies and, and from the research we've been doing, how is that impacting your ability to do research in psychedelics? And I mean, just tell me a little bit about how kind of the medical, general medical industry is impacting how you're approaching this. Sure. So we're lucky enough to be in a position where we're creating the trials where women, yeah. mostly women run. So it's the founders are myself and Dr. Gigi Koo, who's the chief scientific officer. So traditionally in clinical trials and a lot of the drugs or drugs that are on the market today, besides birth control pills, mm-hmm. have actually only had men in clinical trials. Yeah. Um, and this is because women's reproductive and hormonal systems can mm-hmm. affect the outcome and the testing that come through with the trials. Yeah. So generally, a lot of these companies have just disregarded including women because they didn't want to deal with all the different data points and, and things that would make the trials more difficult. So that's really the the core there. And then, you know, I hate to say it, but really women still being, especially in the past, seen as a minority um, yeah. and not being put first. So yeah. we are, our thesis is really about putting women first, making sure that they're accounted for, especially with their luteal and menstrual cycles, mm-hmm. and that they're included in these trials so that these therapeutics and drugs will work for them. Yeah. Is there, are there underlying kind of physiological differences about how women experience or process, uh, metabolize psychedelics that you've know of or come across? Um, I, I'm not quite sure. I, I think it, it is a bit different than men. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure I'd have to ask Gigi, <laughs> yeah. but I think that in general, it's, it's, it's a little bit more similar, I think with potentially like in the, in the lipids or the fat side of things, there might be a different way that, that, that it's um, yeah. digested and on that end. Yeah. Well, just one, one more thing that we don't know <laughs> about psychedelics. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, I guess, how you've approached the research, like what have been some of the kind of the challenges, you know, even just kind of get, getting the research started. I mean, what, as you've kind of put pen to paper and actually made some of these things happen, what have, what have, what have you experienced and how's it going? So yeah, it's been, it's been going really well. I guess some of the the challenges have been honestly the market <laughs> uh, the yeah. past you know I guess half of year or six months it, the, the the capital markets in general have just been terrible so a lot of people investors and such have not been so eager to to spend on this type of a project so you know we're we're really hoping that the market turns around and we can close our our financing here. Uh, within the next couple of months. Yeah. And what, give us a little sense of the financing. What are you, what are you raising? What are you putting it towards? How are you capitalizing things? So we are, um, we're raising 1.5 million with a 5 million pre-money valuation. We have several soft commitments and we're, we're rounding out the, the syndicate right now. Yeah. And who's investing? I mean, what are you finding? Who, who's interested in funding these kind of companies, doing this kind of research? Where are you finding interest? Sure. So we have several angel investors that are just passionate about the cause. You know, they've either been affected 
by premenstrual dysphoric disorder, Mm -hmm. um, either themselves or a family or a loved one. And then also more of the, the classic psychedelic VC groups that are, that have been investing in other companies and really just understand the space and also have a passion to, to heal as well as know that there's a huge opportunity uh, being involved so early on. Yeah. So th- this research goes well, you gather the data, you see the opportunity. How does this play out for you? Like what, what do you envision in terms of where the company goes? How do you bring this to market? What does this look like? So the plan is after closing this round, we've been designing the trial with actually uh, Dr. Josh Woolley. Uh, he's fabulous. He's out of UCSF. He's actually conducted several trials in the past. So he's, he's really quite an expert in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, so the plan is to have a 10 patient in-person trial and really just come up with a, with a signal slash proof of concept. So that basically is where the patient has relief through the, with the psilocybin. And then once we, and that's going to be phase 2A. So we don't have to go through efficacy, safety, any of that, because the, actually the, the drug that we're in licensing from Filament Health um, okay. already has a patent. It's already ready to go. And once we can go through this just phase 2A, then we can continue conducting more trials and, and really work our way through the FDA process, which, you know, is, is pretty time consuming, can take, yeah, yeah. you know, three to five years. So we can either fund the business ourselves with more investors, as well as potentially partner or become really pipeline for a larger pharma company that's looking to get into this space. Because as you know, pharma is, you know, the most the largest <laughs> industry in the world, and they're always yeah. looking for opportunities and, and things to get into, and, and they need pipelines. So potentially yeah. we would partner with them and or go public, which is a possibility. But, you know, at this time, with the way the markets are, probably not. Uh, unless <laughs> not, things a, not a great time to do it right now. Yeah. 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 What have been some of the other challenges? I mean, it just kind of generally building the business, you know, has it been talent? Is it, I mean, is it, is it access to capital? I mean, what, what have been the real gating factors for you as you've worked to, on this endeavor? Yeah, I guess really we have a, a world-class team. Um, yeah. Dr. Gigi Ku, my partner, she's a physician in traumatic brain injury. She's Mount Sinai trained, you know, 25 plus years. So she actually was also one of the co-founders of Trip Therapeutics, and she actually developed their fibromyalgia program and is just extremely bright and actually came up with our patent for premenstrual dysphoric disorder. So she's really just an incredible person to have on the team. And then actually our COO is originally from Trip Therapeutics as well. So um, Tom Durazzo, he has just a ton of experience with working with the FDA, with just bringing drugs through the process as well. So he's also a great person to have on the team. And then also Dr. Andrew Sage, he's our chief medical officer, and he was the prior CMO for GW Pharma that came Mm -hmm. up with Epidiolexic. Yeah, Epidiolexic. Yeah. Yeah, And that was a a drug for Dravet syndrome, which is a form of epilepsy, which was actually uh, an FDA approved drug. So he has experience in that space as well. So yeah, it's been, you know, finding that the talent has been great. We've been really finding the PMDD expert has been an interesting feat because actually (laughs) there's really not a lot of study and research in this space. So we've had to really dig and 
and find some really intelligent people in that space as well. So I guess in terms of more challenges, yeah, I think it's really just been the markets in general. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there was a huge boom in capital raising for drug development back in, I want to say, earlier 2021, and then it sort of went down. So I'm really hoping that with just historical market trends that things are going to uh, be on the up and up. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's, it's faced a lot of companies, but both, you know, psychedelics and otherwise. And where do you go from here? So you're focused on this particular indication of mood disorders. Do you, are there other indications or other conditions that you want to focus on? Are they all focused on women? Is where, where do you envision this kind of going once, once you get some traction with this first, first trial? Yeah, great question. So we are, we're also looking at for our other indication, HSDD, hyposexual desire disorder. Um, which is ba- which is a form of just sexual dysfunction um, where you lose the the lack of desire. So that's something we're also we're, we're also researching at this time um, mm. that we would like to run trials on. Originally, we wanted to start both of them at once, but just with the way that markets are going, we're just going to start with the PMDD yeah. and then silo into that as well. Yeah. Focus, focus, more, more wood behind fewer arrows kind of strategy. Yeah. And, and I guess what's your take in general on, on the psychedelic kind of world at this point, the industry, like, what are you encouraged by? What are you concerned about? Like, there's a lot of interest and there's a lot of seemingly there's a lot of money kind of flowing into it, or at least early stage money flowing into it. What's your kind of take on the overall psychedelic space? Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, it's going to take some time to really see some major breakthroughs. I think that just with the FDA process being as difficult as it is, but I am confident that there will be prescription drugs on the market for people with these disorders, which is going to be just absolutely a game changer, just really disrupting, again, the existing SSRI and antidepressant market. Um, And then really, you know, some I'm really interested to see where things go again, just from my, my cannabis experience yeah. on the recreational side and just really hoping that there's going to be just much more regulation. And just so, you know, any average show can't just, you know, create a brand and sell <laughs> because you know, that could you know create a lot of issues. Get my mushrooms at Seven Eleven, and <laughs> I know because, you, you know, we don't want, there's certain types of people that might have, you know, certain disorders like schizophrenia yeah. are actually on SSRIs uh, that shouldn't be taking psychedelics because they can yeah. have really yeah. you know, yeah. bad yeah. Uh, complications, yeah. uh, contraindications. So just, again, educating and just having there be, you know, a really, a really just strong presence there and, and just making sure that, you know, the, the medical side of this and the, and the drug development side of this is really propelled forward and I really think that's going to be the game changer and where we're really going to help and save lives. <laughs> yeah. Are there other, you know, kind of conditions, indications that if you were, if you weren't focusing on this in terms of women and mood disorders or other, other women focused kind of conditions, like what would be like, what's interesting for you in terms of applications of psychedelics? If you had to start another company, what would you focus on? Yeah, I think chronic pain is also really interesting because mostly when you speak about psychedelics, it's usually like a, a, a mental behavioral disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually going back to psychedelics, again, with the rewiring and like the neuroplasticity, and there's different types of, of pain. So there's a chronic pain 
Uh, it's called nosoplastic pain. Okay. And this could be just, a, it's actually a pain. It's like a phantom pain. Yeah. It's not really there. So like helping people uh, work through through more physical pain with psychedelic medicine, I think is really fascinating. I'm also really interested in the like Alzheimer dementia space mm-hmm. as well. So, I, I mean, there's just so many different areas that we could get into. So I'm just hoping that just more money can flow into this space and more more developments and trials can start. Yeah. And if I gave you a, a magic wand and you could you could change something in the industry that that would help you move faster, be more successful, what would it be? What would you what would you shift? What would you change about the psychedelic world these days? <laughs> Probably just less of making it less difficult to go through the FDA process. Mm-hmm. Because psychedelics, you know, have been proven and, and are deemed to really be much more helpful and are, are really are, are safe at the end of the day compared to, you know, other new chemical entities. So I think that that would be just a an amazing, you know, magical, you know, never happen ever type of situation. <laughs> <laughs> it was a magic wand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Olivia, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more, more about you, more about the work that you're doing, uh, what's the best way to get that information? Sure. So for uh, Felicity, it's just felicitypharma.com. We're on most of the social handles. So LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. So that would probably be the best bet or following me on LinkedIn. Great. I'll make sure that the links and handles and everything are in the show notes. People can get that information. Olivia, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Psychedelic Invest Podcast. If you liked this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and leave us a review. You can find more episodes on all the major podcasting platforms and our website at psychedelicinvest.com slash podcast. Podcast.